Section 25 of Grey's Anatomy, Part 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Laurie Ann Walden. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part 4 by Henry Gray. The Meninges of the Brain and Medulla Spinalis, Part 2. Subarachnoid Cisterni, Cisterni Subarachnoidales. The Cisterna Cerebellomedullaris, Cisterna magna, is triangular on sagittal section, and results from the arachnoid bridging over the interval between the medulla oblongata and the undersurfaces of the hemispheres of the cerebellum. It is continuous with the subarachnoid cavity of the medulla spinalis at the level of the foramen magnum. The cisterna pontus is a considerable space on the ventral aspect of the pons. It contains the basilar artery, and is continuous behind with the subarachnoid cavity of the medulla spinalis, and with the cisterna cerebellomedullaris, and in front of the pons with the cisterna interpeduncularis. The cisterna interpeduncularis, cisterna basalis, is a wide cavity where the arachnoid extends across between the two temporal lobes. It encloses the cerebral peduncles and the structures contained in the interpeduncular fossa and contains the arterial circle of Willis. In front, the cisterna interpeduncularis extends forward across the optic chiasma, forming the cisterna chiasmatis, and onto the upper surface of the corpus callosum, for the arachnoid stretches across from one cerebral hemisphere to the other, immediately beneath the free border of the falx cerebri, and thus leaves a space in which the anterior cerebral arteries are contained. The cisterna fossae cerebri lateralis is formed in front of either temporal lobe by the arachnoid bridging across the lateral fissure. This cavity contains the middle cerebral artery. The cisterna veni magni cerebri occupies the interval between the splenium of the corpus callosum and the superior surface of the cerebellum. It extends between the layers of the telechoroidea of the third ventricle and contains the great cerebral vein. The subarachnoid cavity communicates with the general ventricular cavity of the brain by three openings. One, the foramen of Magendi, is in the middle line at the inferior part of the roof of the fourth ventricle. The other two are at the extremities of the lateral recesses of that ventricle, behind the upper roots of the glossopharyngeal nerves, and are known as the foramina of Lushka. It is still somewhat uncertain whether these foramina are actual openings or merely modified areas of the inferior vellum which permit the passage of the cerebrospinal fluid from the ventricle into the subarachnoid spaces as through a permeable membrane. The spinal part of the subarachnoid cavity is a very wide interval and is the largest at the lower part of the vertebral canal where the arachnoid encloses the nerves which form the cauda equina. Above, it is continuous with the cranial subarachnoid cavity. Below, it ends at the level of the lower border of the second sacral vertebra. It is partially divided by a longitudinal septum, the subarachnoid septum, which connects the arachnoid with the pia mater, opposite the posterior median sulcus of the medulla spinalis, and forms a partition, incomplete and cribriform above, but more perfect in the thoracic region. The spinal subarachnoid cavity is further subdivided by the ligamentum denticulatum, which will be described with the pia mater. The cerebrospinal fluid is a clear, limpid fluid, having a saltish taste and a slightly alkaline reaction. According to Lassane, it consists of 98.5 parts of water, 
the remaining 1.5% being solid matters, animal and saline. It varies in quantity, being most abundant in old persons, and is quickly secreted. The arachnoid villi, granulationes arachnoidiales, glandulae pachyoni, pachyonian bodies, are small, fleshy-looking elevations, usually collected into clusters of variable size, which are present upon the outer surface of the dura mater, in the vicinity of the superior sagittal sinus, and in some other situations. Upon laying open the sagittal sinus and the venous lacunae on either side of it, villi will be found protruding into its interior. They are not seen in infancy, and very rarely until the third year. They are usually found after the seventh year, and from this period they increase in number and size as age advances. They are not glandular in structure, but are enlarged normal villi of the arachnoid. As they grow, they push the thinned dura mater before them, and cause absorption of the bone from pressure, and so produce the pits or depressions on the inner wall of the calvarium. Structure. An arachnoidal villus represents an invasion of the dura by the arachnoid membrane. The latter penetrates the dura in such a manner that the arachnoid mesothelial cells come to lie directly beneath the vascular endothelium of the great dural sinuses. It consists of the following parts. 1. In the interior is a core of subarachnoid tissue, continuous with the meshwork of the general subarachnoid tissue, through a narrow pedicle, by which the villus is attached to the arachnoid. 2. Around this tissue is a layer of arachnoid membrane, limiting and enclosing the subarachnoid tissue. 3. Outside this is the thinned wall of the lacuna, which is separated from the arachnoid by a potential space, which corresponds to, and is continuous with, the subdural cavity. 4. And finally, if the villus projects into the sagittal sinus, it will be covered by the greatly thinned wall of the sinus, which may consist merely of endothelium. It will be seen, therefore, that fluid injected into the subarachnoid cavity will find its way into these villi, and it has been found experimentally that it passes from the villi into the venous sinuses into which they project. The pia mater. The pia mater is a vascular membrane consisting of a minute plexus of blood vessels held together by an extremely fine areolar tissue and covered by a reflection of the mesothelial cells from the arachnoid trabeculae. It is an incomplete membrane, absent, probably, at the foramen of Magendi, and the two foramina of Lushka, and perforated in a peculiar manner by all the blood vessels as they enter or leave the nervous system. In the perivascular spaces, the pia apparently enters as a mesothelial lining of the outer surface of the space. A variable distance from the exterior, these cells become unrecognizable, and are apparently lacking, replaced by neuroglia elements. The inner walls of these perivascular spaces seem likewise covered, for a certain distance, by the mesothelial cells, reflected with the vessels from the arachnoid covering of these vascular channels as they traverse the subarachnoid spaces. The cranial pia mater, pia mater encephaly, pia of the brain, invests the entire surface of the brain, dips between the cerebral gyri and cerebellar laminae, and is invaginated to form the tela choroidea of the third ventricle, and the choroid plexuses of the lateral and third ventricles. As it passes over the roof of the fourth ventricle, it forms the tela choroidea and the choroid plexuses of this ventricle. 
On the cerebellum, the membrane is more delicate. The vessels from its deep surface are shorter, and its relations to the cortex are not so intimate. The spinal pia mater, pia mater spinalis, pia of the cord, is thicker, firmer, and less vascular than the cranial pia mater. This is due to the fact that it consists of two layers, the outer, or additional one, being composed of bundles of connective tissue fibers, arranged, for the most part, longitudinally. Between the layers are cleft-like spaces which communicate with the subarachnoid cavity, and a number of blood vessels which are enclosed in perivascular lymphatic sheaths. The spinal pia mater covers the entire surface of the medulla spinalis, and is very intimately adherent to it. In front, it sends a process backward into the anterior fissure. A longitudinal fibrous band, called the linea splendens, extends along the middle line of the anterior surface, and a somewhat similar band, the ligamentum denticulatum, is situated on either side. Between the conus medullaris, the pia mater is continued as a long, slender filament, filum terminale, which descends through the center of the mass of nerves forming the cauda equina. It blends with the dura mater at the level of the lower border of the second sacral vertebra, and extends downward as far as the base of the coccyx, where it fuses with the periosteum. It assists in maintaining the medulla spinalis in its position during the movements of the trunk, and is, from this circumstance, called the central ligament of the medulla spinalis. The pia mater forms sheaths for the cranial and spinal nerves. These sheaths are closely connected with the nerves, and blend with their common membranous investments. The ligamentum denticulatum, dentate ligament, is a narrow fibrous band situated on either side of the medulla spinalis throughout its entire length, and separating the anterior from the posterior nerve roots. Its medial border is continuous with the pia mater at the side of the medulla spinalis. Its lateral border presents a series of triangular tooth-like processes, the points of which are fixed at intervals to the dura mater. These processes are twenty-one in number, on either side, the first being attached to the dura mater, opposite the margin of the foramen magnum, between the vertebral artery and the hypoglossal nerve, and the last near the lower end of the medulla spinalis. End of the meninges of the brain and medulla spinalis. The cerebrospinal fluid. The cerebrospinal fluid, for the most part elaborated by the choroid plexuses, is poured into the cerebral ventricles, which are lined by smooth ependyma. That portion of the fluid formed in the lateral ventricles escapes by the foramen of Monroe into the third ventricle, and thence by the aqueduct into the fourth ventricle. Likewise, an ascending current of fluid apparently occurs in the central canal of the spinal cord. This, representing a possible product of the ependyma, may be added to the intraventricular supply. From the fourth ventricle, the fluid is poured into the subarachnoid spaces through the medial foramen of Magendi and the two lateral foramina of Lushka. There is no evidence that functional communications between the cerebral ventricles and the subarachnoid spaces exist in any region except from the fourth ventricle. In addition to the elaboration of the cerebrospinal fluid by the choroid plexuses, there seems fairly well established a second source of the fluid from the nervous system itself. The blood vessels that enter and leave the brain are surrounded by perivascular channels. It seems most likely that the outer wall of these channels is lined by a continuation inward of the peel mesothelium, 
while the inner wall is probably derived from the mesothelial covering of the vessels, which are thus protected throughout the subarachnoid spaces. These mesothelial cells continue inward only a short distance, neuroglia cells probably replacing, on the outer surface, the mesothelial elements. Through these perivascular channels, there is probably a small amount of fluid flowing from nerve cell to subarachnoid space. The chemical differences between the subarachnoid fluid, product of choroid plexuses and perivascular system, and the ventricular fluid, product of choroid plexuses alone, indicate that the products of nerve metabolism are poured into the subarachnoid space. The absorption of the cerebrospinal fluid is a dual process, being chiefly a rapid drainage through the arachnoid villi into the great dural sinuses, and, in small part, a slow escape into the true lymphatic vessels, by way of an abundant but indirect perineural course. In general, the arachnoid channels are equipped as fluid retainers, with unquestionable powers of diffusion or absorption in regard to certain elements in the normal cerebrospinal fluid deriving in this way a cellular nutrition. The subdural space, between arachnoid and dura, is usually considered to be a part of the cerebrospinal channels. It is a very small space, the two limiting surfaces being separated by merely a capillary layer of fluid. Whether this fluid is exactly similar to the cerebrospinal fluid is very difficult to ascertain. Likewise, our knowledge of the connections between the subdural and subarachnoid spaces is hardly definite. In some ways, the subdural space may be likened to a serous cavity. The inner surface of the dura is covered by flattened polygonal mesothelial cells, but the outer surface of the arachnoid is covered by somewhat cuboidal mesothelium. The fluid of the subdural space has probably a local origin from the cells lining it. End of section 25